I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast that's 20,000 miles away, but I can see you, and baby, baby, you can see me. Can you, can it's beautiful. You see me? <laughs> I see you, Ellie. I see you as well from all the way over here on the other coast, <laughs> digitally getting down. But you feel so close. <laughs> uh, from the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who've been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. And this week is the last week of our crowdfunding for our original podcast musical, The Flame. If you've been waiting to donate, we would so appreciate it if you would donate this week. We want to thank everybody who came out recently for our karaoke night. We had an absolute blast. As always, we hope everyone had a lot of fun. And we are really looking forward to finishing up the crowdfunding campaign and getting started actually making this musical. So we cannot wait. Thank you, everybody who supported us through now. It's we're just we can't wait for you all to hear this show. It's going to be amazing. And you can do that at bit.ly slash the flame the musical. In the Greater Les Universe, the happiest season trailer pretty recently came out. Did you watch the trailer, Lee? I did watch the trailer. Of course I watched the trailer. Even though I'm a, I'm a sucker for, you know, the the whole thing. I have my own thoughts about the storyline, but I'm still gonna watch it. <laughs> I was literally gonna be like, are we on the same page? We don't need another coming out story, people. However, I'm so excited that you're putting on so this excited. movie. Thank you. Thank you for giving you know us this funny? movie. When you watched the trailer, did you feel like you were like, oh, it's like someone said, let's remake Jenny's Wedding, but cast believable lesbians. Literally. <laughs> Literally. So, I mean, at least they're believable lesbians. We won't have to do a should have been gay. And I do love the cast. I think I'm going to watch it and enjoy it. But I truly hope we also get some different representation Yes. Like, for example... Speaking of a white Christmas, um, <laughs> so <laughs> you may have noticed, uh, obviously, Happiest Season, um, not a ton of diversity in that casting. We have also heard that Netflix, hey, did you know they made a queer thing and then didn't market it at all or Surprise. let anybody know that it existed? Go figure. So apparently, and this I have not quite uh, looked up yet, so I'm going to have to check it out, but... 
There is also a movie on Netflix that features um, two POC women in a love story Christmas scenario as oh, well. Oh, yeah. That is called A New York Christmas Wedding. So we will be checking that out as well. We figured we will let you know since Netflix doesn't seem like they're going to. <laughs> and in other news, Netflix sucks. That's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so excited to bring you episode seven of season four digital get down and we are joined by a special guest today madison ecker founder and ceo of some of us a wellness brand for the women trans and gender non-conforming communities thanks for hanging out with us madison so happy to be here we are so happy to have you here again <laughs> again again mm -hmm. madison why don't you tell us more about the some of us festival yes so some of us was originated because of a need uh, for wellness in our community and a need for inclusivity in regards to wellness as well. So we are the first wellness festival, wellness brand for women, trans, and gender non-conforming folks. And of course, as we all know, because of COVID, we were a live event and then we switched to virtual really quickly. So I'm excited to talk about some tips and tricks where if listeners are wanting to eventually have their own virtual event or space on how to do that. Awesome. So when you turned some of us, so it was meant to be an in-person event and we tur you turned virtual. What were some of the big things that you tried to keep the same? Yeah, that's a great question. We are lucky in that way that some of us is content heavy and really made for discussion and made to engage intellect and wellness. So taking that content to be virtual um, and translating that way was not as difficult as one might think. For example, we had a lot of panels. We were still able to keep that virtual. There was even something like a trans celebration swim and we had translated that into people being in bathtubs and bathing suits, pouring water on their heads, having <laughs> hoses. So I think just with a bit of creativity, I don't really think there's anything we can't do virtually. It's going to look a little different, but the concept can always be there. That's that incredible. Incredible. <laughs> I am loving that visual so much. I have one. I mean, I could send you the video clip. It was so oh much fun. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. It seems like that would be so amazing. And I think that's the cool, the cool thing about virtual. Cause I think when, when all this, when all this first started, all this craziness, <laughs> I think a lot of us, cause Lee and I, we, we were planning on doing a trivia night. I think it was probably like the week after the mm -hmm. shutdown started. And so we were like, all right, I guess we'll go virtual. And a part of it, you feel like, oh, maybe this is going to be a little less. But we had the best time. First of all, you can have way more people come. Mm -hmm. So I love that you can like really open up the accessibility of the virtual events. But I love too what you're saying of like, just be creative. And you can have like a very unique experience. I feel like you would remember being in a bathtub with a bunch of other people on on Zoom just as much as you would remember like actually going and swimming with people. So I love yeah. that. It's yeah. also like I know you were just saying something before we started recording Madison about like, you know, boundaries and all of this. And mm -hmm. I also feel like it's there are ways in which this new reality that we all exist in, like I feel like not so much that it's like pushed the boundaries, but it has it's just changed them. Like our boundaries have had to change in certain ways that I find really fascinating and like sometimes great, you know, like not I'm not gonna say always great, but sometimes great. <laughs> That's an example that to me falls under the like, what a great new boundary to like have decided a hundred percent i think that just these times have caused people to adapt and that's mm. just human nature is like we have to adapt to survive and this is like a slight way of doing it i mean a light way of talking about events but events especially in a lot of other businesses and facets like that have had to significantly adapt to the world we're living in now yeah 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 i mean for sure it's like even you know in my like my day job which is very customer facing, you know, mm -hmm. and for a long time, like I had two toddlers at home. There were definitely times where like, you know, you're just that's this is this is life now. And I've done the same thing where I have customers with their kids like screaming in the background. And, you know, there's just those moments where they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. And you're like, it's fine. <laughs> like it's 
it's fine. Like we all we all kind of understand that you have a family and you are at home with that family. Like we're all doing our best, you know. And it's like it's humanizing in a lot of ways. Um, that I do and I do enjoy that part of it. You know, I mean, there's obviously there's the struggles associated with all of it that are the downside, but the making us all feel a little bit more connected and human side of it, I I do enjoy. I hear that for sure. Definitely. I even at the beginning when I first started some of us, I really wanted the brand to be forefront. I didn't really want my face involved. I didn't really want to be like that. Okay. I am going to talk on behalf of this because it's really, I want the brand to stand on its own and it's all about the collective. And when COVID hit, I was forced to talk about it and talk about like, okay, now that we're not able to meet in person and this is what's going on and this is what the county's doing and here's what's going to happen with your tickets. It really caused me to have to break out of that barrier of hiding behind the brand itself and become human and say like, this is me in behind the scenes <laughs> and like, here's the team. You can see all of them now too. Right. So it's really interesting. And I love what you said. It's like, it is humanizing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that too. What other things do you feel like have been different about the virtual space other than live events? I think just, just the basic being physical with other people. I think that's, I'd say the biggest one. Um, but I'd say we've luckily been able to connect quite well. Um, I haven't really felt that that's been missing as much. We, because we did this virtual event and it was really successful and people found like they could find their chosen family there and, and find that safe community that they'd been missing since COVID happened. And in general, uh, we were able to start an online membership and really we have members that have been connecting from Canada, Chile, we have Malaysia. And because of that, like they've formed all these bonds. And so I would say in some sense, the connection is really fantastic and different um, because in some ways, again, we can bring up boundaries, but like you could just turn off your screen and walk away. And I think that allow safety for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, you can get that deep connection because you, you don't really have to put on a front. You could just be you. If you don't like it, leave, delete, bye. Have you had people just ghost you on Zoom? Like you're talking to them and they just leave? <laughs> have you? <laughs> that would be a funny story. I haven't because Zoom, I find, like, is to just, you know, we set up a meeting. But we yeah. definitely had that, you know, at the virtual event. If we have, let's say, 80 or 100 people on a panel and you can see all these people attending and watching, they just leave when they want to. I I think it's like an open door. Yeah, when it's less of like a one-on-one interaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, But I feel like too, yeah, if you you are a person who has social anxiety, you can be like, oh, my internet connection dropped out. Bye. Exactly. (laughs) What what was that? I can't hear you. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) It it would be such a great, like another podcast visual gag for me to just like leave the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And Lee has left the Zoom. Bye. (laughs) Exactly. Lee has just ghosted us. (laughs) I feel like this is, well... I am an extrovert. I know Lee is also an extrovert. I feel like this is the time for introverts to shine. Mm-hmm. And I still enjoy a good virtual event because I'm still getting to talk to people. But I feel like there's that like that stereotype of like the homo body, like queer woman who like stays at home with their cat and their partner and like doesn't interact with other people. And I feel like those types of queer women are having like a renaissance right now because you can just like be at home with your cat and your partner but also go to this festival 100 mm-hmm. percent. Mm-hmm. that's real <laughs> yeah 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 so i feel like it's a it's a positive for that community but also like for people who would just want to have community anyways mm-hmm. but i think i wonder what you think about this it's like it's a lot of stereotypes about our community but Which we hate. We just hate doing that. Well, I just think about, like, even before, even before, in the before times, queer people, like, you know, meet on Twitter or, like, meet through dating apps. Like, I think we, we've been prepared for this in a way. I don't know if you found that that's the case, that, like, 
we sort of have had a base level of like virtual connection within our community before this even happened. But I'm also curious to see like, will it continue? You know, like the fact that there are there are certain advantages and there are like there is a whole demographic that it appeals to in different ways, whether they're introverts or whether it's an accessibility issue, you know, that like people mm-hmm. with disabilities, this has obviously opened up a whole world that didn't really exist in any um, concrete way before. I'm curious to see if there if the ratio, you know, because it's not like virtual events never existed before this, but I think it was a very different world. And I think there were very a different amount of work put into it, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I'm curious if that will if that will shift. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't think everything's going to stay all virtual, but I wouldn't expect to see it all just disappear overnight the second that quarantine lifts, you know? Yeah, I think that because we've kind of gone into so many months of this, people are forming habits of mm-hmm. potentially being more comfortable back in their homes. And also, it's, I think a little less expensive for most people not having to travel to events or go to other spaces or maybe they want to stay in their sweatpants all day. And so I I think that with events, we're going to see a a hybrid. I mean, before we ever transition back to the big live huge events, it's going to be a mix where it's like a select group of people who maybe buy tickets and they get to be there and they're social distancing with all the precautions. And then it's connected to a virtual sphere and then they can tune in as well and then you connect them both. On that note of expecting that these are probably going to, I mean, certainly be around in the near term as our, our only real option and probably remain options uh, beyond that. Let's talk a little bit about, because we were super excited to have you on because you've now been not just involved with uh, some of us, but also working with a lot of other people um, hosting their their own events, which we'll talk about um, when we get there. But let's talk about for people who do want to put something together, want to host a virtual event, what would you suggest, like, where would you start when you start planning something in a virtual space these days? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. So the first tip I just want to give is that I don't want this to sound like toxic positivity, but I promise you it's, it's, you could do it. Like it's really, you don't have to have a degree in it. And it's not something that, you know, it's like, oh, this huge beast. I really think that it's like, if you have a friend or you you yourself can like do some sort of tech stuff and you just want to have this vision, you can do it. Like, I want to give that to you first off. Um, so think of the vision first. Um, and that has to do with, do you want this to be recorded? Do you want it to be live, like speaking to somebody in real time? Do you want people to be able to see each other or do you want it to be chat only? So the vision in itself is one thing that I think that's the first thing I would do if I'm going to recommend this to anybody of like, think of like what the interactions you want between people are going to be like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And let's even talk about like types of events. Like you can like bouncing off of what you were saying about like having a swimming session, Mm -hmm. like the what are the possibilities for types of events that people can do oh my goodness and also even since we've last spoken we've probably produced like 50 more events and they've all been different we did a women's weightlifting competition recently which which is like so awesome we've done call-a-thon so it all can be done and um yeah so types of events really think about like what you wanted to do in person and you can do it Uh, virtually as well, you you know, if you just think of some alternative ideas. But yeah, we did, we did that in the bathtub. If you want water involved, obviously be super careful of your computer and your phone and like things like that. But I mean, even like the women's weightlifting competition, you can see people and you can lift weights and people can judge and there's ways to do things for sure. I love that so (laughs) much. Yeah. And I I mean, it's just being creative. Mm -hmm. Like, If you're sitting at home being like, I really miss, like, I don't know, like I'm like for me, for me, for example, I really miss going out and seeing live music, put on a show, find some of your musician friends who want to do something. Like I even did a, like an Instagram live with one of my friends, like you can join each other's Instagrams. Mm -hmm. And we just did an Instagram live for two hours and we just played music and we raised money and it was super fun. And like, it's a cool way too. like, I got to connect with my friend from college who I haven't seen in years. And we got to connect and do this fun thing. So like, I feel like there's 
possibilities are endless, mm-hmm. which is really exciting. Definitely. And there's so many other things like just within your vision that you want to think about as well. Like, for example, will people have access to the event once it's over? Do you want to record it? Do you want it just to be a one time? Is it free? Do you want it to cost something? Do you want proceeds to go somewhere special? How do you want people to register? Um, and then that just comes down to what platform you're looking at. And there's a lot of folks who just kind of know the basics, just know of a few like Zoom or Facebook Lives or Vimeo or YouTube Live. But there's so many other platforms out there now. And I swear there's more coming every single week and they're getting better and better and better. So if you type in even, um, you know, something you're looking for, you know, a platform that has features to do virtual interactions that blank, 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 like it's getting done right now. It's, It's pretty amazing. Like the puzzle pieces are fitting together. Are, and are you still using the same platform that you used for the last event? So I am because I've really enjoyed that. And we've been able to customize floor plans and make them look certain ways. Um, we recently did a Halloween floor plan. And it was just really fun to have like ghosts and spider webs like all <laughs> over. And like, so to That's me, awesome. yeah, to me, it, it makes it worth it. And I have a membership with them. So I mean, I'm happy with my platform, but I definitely, when I speak to people, I refer them to all different kinds, depending on what they're trying to do with their event or how large their event is as well. Yeah. Cool. And, and it's, what, sorry, what was that platform called again? Remo. It's also fun to get like different, the different experiences of different platforms too, because it just, it adds like a little variety to even like the same event hosted on different platforms feels very different. You know, like we've been hosting the virtual trivia nights. We just do ours on a Zoom call and we have like a PowerPoint of the questions that we put up and all this stuff. And we have uh, a friend who had attended and decided he wanted to host his own trivia. And he did his uh, over like he did a Kahoot trivia night. And it was and I I joined his and it was like a totally different Mm -hmm. experience of trivia as well, you know, and it was just fun to see like all the different ways that something can look and the different ways that you can kind of make something feel like your own thing you know even if it's an idea that you've you've done somewhere else and you just wanted to kind of throw something yourself you can still make it feel like a totally different different event a hundred percent and virtual burnout is real right now so the more creative and the more like the different um platforms you can use the better attention span your attendees will have as well yeah Mm -hmm. can we talk a little bit about virtual burnout as you're like (laughs) virtual burnout is real (laughs) How do you like combat that with your events? Um, well, just I think everyone has their own threshold of how many hours they could spend on a screen. But for me personally, the more interactive a, an event is, the better chances of the attendee not having virtual burnout. So mm-hmm. I always recommend when we're working with events, like what can we do to get them involved? So like if it's a panel, maybe we do the panel for 10 minutes and then there's a discussion and they have to break out and go into different rooms or see each other on these platforms and then speak about what the discussion or topic is. So, or there's prizes or there's giveaways or there's something else where they have to connect with 10 people and find someone who has a similar tattoo to them or someone who has the same birthday, like something that's different that keeps them really engaged because otherwise just staring at a screen is is probably going to put them to sleep i went to podcast movement the well me and lee both went but i went to particularly they had like an after party with she podcast Mm -hmm. and they did um like a scavenger hunt where you had to get into small groups and find things in your house so then i was just running around my house and that was like okay well i'm away thank god like i was away from the screen for a bit and you're working with other people. So and you're up felt, moving around. Yeah. And then I was like, this is the sweatiest I've been in any virtual event. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but I, I didn't go to the weightlifting. So maybe next, next time, Ellie. Yeah. Next that time. Get, yeah. Exactly. But I think, yeah, just trying to, the hybrid aspects of it can also help, I think. Mm-hmm. For people that want to, um, you know, either event producers or they want to host a party, like if you're a host, you already think of like, what can I give to my guests that will make them have a great time? So you just just do that same thing virtually. Like, it's possible. I love that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're this way. Are you this way, Lee, in real life? I'm like in real life, not our like virtual podcast life. But I love throwing parties. We are consummate hosts. Yes, Kelsey and yes. I are. That's like, yes. I mean, we've always said like our long-term dream in life, if we like, if we could actually choose to do anything we wanted, we would like run a, a bed and breakfast. You know, it's like we just we just like hosting people Mm -hmm. and like that's 
That's like our jam. Yes. So yes. I understand that. Yeah. So I was like, I feel like I feel like we would be similar in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I always am like, I want everyone to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Like if you are at my house for my party, like you will be taken care of. For sure. Yeah. I love so that. So just think of it as your virtual house. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I like that a lot. <laughs> so what are a few other tips you have for putting on a virtual event? Okay. So number two would be timing. So how long do you need to create this event and promote it? I think that where a lot of virtual events or even events and businesses fall short is with marketing and timing. And I've seen because we've now worked with several, I mean, I wouldn't even almost hundreds of events these last few months, the most successful events have had the best marketing and the most time to market their events as well. Um, Because you can have the greatest production and you have everything together and it'd be perfect and fun and engaging. But if you don't have people there, it's really not going to turn out and people won't have that experience of going to an event. Beyond timing, um, talking about timing and time zones, you want to think about that as well. Do you want to make it accessible to other time zones, maybe other countries? And thinking about the date you want to have your event Um, making sure it doesn't fall on a holiday or if it does fall on a holiday, it's a specialized that event or the certain day of the week or something else going on, maybe like a similar event so that you don't have too much competition. And it's definitely something worth mentioning on the marketing front, um, (laughs) just because we just went through this again, that, um, People should be aware when marketing queer events uh, that we have like extra hurdles to go over. So, you know, like Ellie and I just tried to promote uh, a tweet for the crowdfunding campaign we're doing for our musical that got rejected and we can't get any real answer from Twitter. Why? Because it had inappropriate content and our best bet is it says lgbtq in it and so it is just something to remember that like sometimes our content is harder to promote even with all of our dollars behind it like we literally can't pay to get our stuff out there so just something to think about um you know yes but i would say too on on that front yes like social media makes it difficult they'll sometimes censor your stuff however like we as a community have always like worked together to get shit done so just like work together like lee and i with the podcast we know a lot of people because we've interviewed them so like reach we reach out to those people and say like hey share the event come to the event use your networks and also especially like i'm sure a lot of our listeners are probably putting together specifically LGBTQ events. Maybe you're doing another type of event, but like find Facebook groups and pages that are related to the type of event you're putting on. That's been really helpful for us, those pages. And if the event is exciting to the people on those pages, they're going to be cool about sharing it out. Yeah, 100%. I agree. And especially if your event's accessible, Like if it's for um, the deaf or hard of hearing community marketing that it has accessibility, it's it's that's such a wonderful thing too. Let's talk a bit about accessibility because what so what do you do to make sure that your events are accessible? Yeah, um, so accessibility would be things like having an interpreter if um, or closed captions. I mean, whatever the platform provides, whatever can work there. Um, If it is in a it, let's say you want to have uh, people from another country. Maybe you have a translator there. So, I mean, because a lot of virtual events are just sitting at your computer, you don't have to worry about as much, you know, accessibility for wheelchairs or for people like standing or people who have back problems. But I would recommend, too, if you are thinking about putting on an event for the blind, that you do have um areas where they could, you know, read from. It's like there's a transcriber and they could just put that in their device and they can read from that. So, I mean, there's things to think about if you want to make your event completely accessible, but that's a beauty of it too, is to get those people there and make them involved with the community. Because you all had interpreters at the last event that we went to and they were really awesome. Yes, they were so great. And it was really nice because we had a very large amount of um, deaf or hard of hearing folks there. So it was really great to meet them and like have them such a huge part of the event. 
Yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. What are some other things you think about when you're planning your events? So prepare for tech trouble. So that's a really big one. I mean, because just we never know what's going to go on with internet or things like that. I would just have as many run throughs um, as possible, like to make sure, let's say you have performers or you have music happening or any other things like that, that it's tested prior. Don't just wait like the day of to be like, all right, now you're going to go on with your guitar. Your internet's going to be, I wouldn't expect that to happen. I would expect tech troubles to happen. So make sure you guys prepared and have, and do checks in the same space that they will be for the actual event. Like if they're going to be um, in this part of their house for the event, they should be at that part of their house for their sound check to make sure that it, it works out and then have a backup plan. If for some reason sound and tech are not working, what are you going to do? So for us, a great tip I would recommend is having an imp- improv person on standby. So all of a sudden, you know, this person's internet went out or like their screen got fuzzy or they they muted themselves accidentally and can't get them their sound back on. I would have this improv person ready to go who's ready to like come on the screen and say something funny. And then <laughs> no one even cares and no one even knows what's going on. And like, so yeah. I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, I you definitely that. have to prep. I mean, even like the best laid plans, like for, uh, like Ellie was just saying, we, we presented a panel at Podcast Movement and they do an insane amount of preparation ahead of time in terms of like, you have to send them some of your, like you have to send a screenshot of where you're going to record from. You have to send like some of the specs from your computer and your connection speeds and whatever. They make you do like a practice call to make sure that everyone can log in. And, you know, like they, you can tell they, they did a lot of preparation and even with all of that, like that morning, uh, my internet was going out a couple times, like when I was working that day. And so I'm texting Ellie and I was like, hey, if I randomly disappear on my call, like I should be back soon. It's just like, <laughs> just you know, you talking. can't just keep talking. You just like you can't prepare for every eventuality mm-hmm. always. You know, it's it, there's just always going to be something that you don't see coming. So definitely it ended up fine i did stay the whole time but i just you know you really don't know i was like oh this it's gone out three times on me and i have no idea if it's gonna do it again for sure that's so real i think too for people who have anxiety about those kind of things also know that i the audience is forgiving as long as you have some sort of backup plan like i think like it's it's good. I'm just like, I feel like people are pretty nice about it. Usually they're like, I we're think, all just trying to do our best. I think it like, comes back to that humanizing aspect that we were talking about. Cause that's, <laughs> can we talk about trivia real quick, Ellie? Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we just did. So we had a week, not, not that long ago, we hosted one of our trivia nights and we hosted um, orphan black trivia. And it just, it came on a week where we, Ellie and I were both just a little disasters to be a honest. little spent just, by the end of it it was there, i yeah. i had a solid week for work where i had meetings from 4 a.m to 9 a.m every day um and then we got to the end of the week and <laughs> hosted a trivia night and i mean we were just a hot mess <laughs> and and it was we were a hot mess we had a lot of people on the call are like people who have attended other trivia nights like people who are you know in our our patreon and in our discord chat that that we've been like spending a lot of time with through quarantine and we were just a disaster and we just kept apologizing for it and everyone was like just having the best time you know and honestly like we were we were having a lot of fun but we did have people at the end who were like yeah this was my first trivia I've ever attended with you. I've never heard of the podcast. And we were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But but still, people were very like, even those people were like, we still had a good time. So I think the point is to like, try to keep a positive attitude Mm -hmm. while you're there as well, because like, you're going to set the tone Mm -hmm. for what the people who are attending your events are going to feel. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. I think as the producer, you're the dictator of the energy. And as long as you keep that energy the way you want it, like I'm involved in wellness, like my, my personal thing is wellness. That's what I really believe in. So my energy is usually peaceful, calm. If we could keep it like that, we're swimming, no matter what happens, as long as the energy stays like that, it's good to go. And I find too, like not with my personal brand, but in general, if you could make anyone laugh, you're winning and that puts a smile on their face and they're having a good time. So I think you both are really good at that. And so even if like there was something that happened and you made them laugh, they don't, no one cares. They're just having a good yeah. time. <laughs> what we're saying is everyone should hire us for their events. 
Because <laughs> we're clearly so good at them. That's the we point of that story. We usually are. We usually are very yes. good. Like, we've done, like, 50 events, and we had, like, two that were bad. All right? We're doing mm-hmm. okay. They and weren't, they weren't even bad. bad. They were just chaotic. <laughs> it was chaotic. It was you know Fine. enjoyable chaos that's mm-hmm. what i'm going with that's how i'm enjoyable marketing it for chaos. myself yes. chaotic good they were chaotic good mm-hmm. they were chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> so, so <laughs> what other tips do we have for our virtual events talking about budget would be a good good place to go you want to think about if you want this event to be free and accessible that's another form of accessibility Or you want to think about if you're going to be charging for this event and if you want to be using a platform that costs money. So there's a lot of ways to go when we talk about pricing, but I would just do what feels right and feels best for you and whatever you're trying to put out there. If like you're trying to serve the LGBTQ plus community and it's an event that um, you want to make sure there's community involvement, you might not want to charge like an extreme amount of money, but you do have to think about the platform you're going to use. So you have to make sure those two weigh out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say too, like also just thinking about costs, like we pretty much always will charge. And like, for me, it's like, it's the labor that I want to pay for always, right? Like we're paying like our trivia hosts, we're paying ourselves because we've been doing a lot, a lot of work. Right. And we're yeah paying for the platform paying paying to market the next events like also if you charge you can then invest in your next event right and i agree like we still we do a sliding scale so it's like we have a $5 ticket and a $10 ticket mm-hmm. so for us it's like you know if you're having a hard time hopefully you can still afford $5 and if you can't email like we're pretty i think we're pretty good about like if you can't afford it please let us know we mm-hmm. don't want finances to get in the way of you having right. a fun experience But I do think there's a lot of value as an event producer in charging because ultimately you'll be able to put on bigger and better events that benefit our community. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think the community part is like, it's definitely something, especially as we've gotten more into doing bigger things, I guess, than when we started the podcast that like, I know for Ellie and I, it's been a real focus to keep it in the family you know like it's it is something that we also um have always made like really important as something that we keep in mind when we're doing projects is like it is investing back in the community you know Mm -hmm. like it's not just that we're putting on uh an event that like centers queer people but we try to work with queer people you know it's why like the musical we're doing right now that's why we're so excited about having like our whole production team our whole cast like you know all of our musicians right now like everyone's in the queer community and Mm -hmm. so you know it's like yes we might you might need to like charge for some tickets or you know like we're crowdfunding the musical but it's like all of that money is also helping queer people out and that's something that i think is such a powerful powerful force that we can kind of you know wield when we're doing events like this yes i just definitely agree with you and i don't think everyone realizes how much money it can take to put on an event and also uh, like i'm talking about be creative do all these things also creativity has to do with like having the access to do that you mm-hmm. know so you so it's like yes if you have a bathtub you can go swimming if you have you know there's so all these things have to do with um, with that, but there is uh, a lot of funds that I think are behind the scenes that people don't see, even trying to to market things or having the talent or having the artists having accessibility. It definitely costs to have an um, an interpreter there, and if you're doing something mm-hmm. in another language, it definitely costs to have a translator there. So there's a lot of expenses that go into it, depending on the level of event you want to put on. While we're talking about, you know, who you're working with and and who you kind of put these events together with, tell us a little bit about putting a team together. How do you get like your team? How did you find your team for some of us? Or what are your tips for who you work with to kind of create these? Huh, that's an interesting um, question. So my team for some of us, because I think some of us really started with, like a super passion for this. And for my own mental health, um, I feel like I needed a space like this. I feel like 
uh, I, I'm not trying to dog on any spaces ever because whatever space is, you know, trying to be put together in the queer community is great because at least it's a space for us. But I do find that like, it could be quite toxic if everyone's always meeting up in bars, nightlife, maybe mm. there, and, and there's like a very, it could be surfacey. I think in the, in the spaces between, like you meet someone in the bathroom or you go outside for fresh air and you meet someone there. In those spaces between, you find friends and you find community. I really wanted to create a space that was more of the spaces between and where you can actually like talk about real internal things going on and go to a place where you feel like you could be your best self, you could be your authentic self. People are gonna accept you. They're not gonna like be clicky or judge you or things like that. And I, that's really, or what it came down to. Also, some of us beyond that, always people ask me, you know, is it sober? And we call it, or I like to call it, it's choose your own adventure. It's choose your own medicine. <laughs> and we want you to do what works for you and what's authentic to you. So if it is authentic to you to have a glass of wine, then have a glass of wine. And if it's authentic to you to be completely sober, be completely sober. So it's just, we want to celebrate that human really individually and give them a bunch of modalities of what works for them um, or potentially works for them. So give them, here's, here's crystal healing, here's yoga, here's an activist talk, here's sexuality, here's whatever. And then they get to pick and choose and decide what works for them and like what resonates with them. And then hopefully make a ton of friends within those like sub communities of like, I met friends in an activist talk. Wow. Like that's extra cool because like, not only are we queer family, but beyond that, like we both have like deep connections with an activism. So I think that's really special. So I know I'm rambling on about this, but it, it really comes down to the team because, because it's so passionate. I got really lucky where the team kind of came to me and was like, I really want to be a part of this. Like, this is something like I needed or like I have had a disability and I can't go out partying and drinking every night. And I, this is what I believe in. So I'm really lucky to have a strong team with that. And I have a core team that has been with me since the beginning, like pretty much the conception. And we're really diverse and it's really awesome to gain all these perspectives. And um, that's pretty much how I found them is they found me. And then I said, if you want me and you want this, then I want you and I'm glad you're here because I really believe that the will is stronger than the skill and the skills can always be taught. So it's like if someone's already coming to you saying like, this is the place I wanna be, then I think I think whoever is putting that on should really listen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love, love that. that. If you build it, the team will come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Why don't we take a hot second? We'll hear from some sponsors. We will be right back to talk more about putting together. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Some offense. 
tell us a little bit, what would you say have been some of the biggest challenges that you've run into? I mean, obviously we talked about like, you'll have some tech issues and whatever. What are the other things that you would say are like the hardest parts that you found, um, especially now that you've had like so many under your belt of planning virtual events like this? Yeah, I think when we were talking about marketing, marketing is, is a challenge in itself. Uh, I think that because not everyone resonates with what you're doing, you might have like a group that's really into it, but to get the numbers that maybe you're going for, it's going to take other things. Maybe it takes, you know, other time, other partners, more money. So I'd say marketing is a challenge. Like it's, it's, it doesn't come easy. I don't think to anybody, it's like half of a, half of a business or half of a brand is like, you just have the vision and you, you do it and you execute it. But the other half is completely like putting it out there. So yeah, marketing is a skill I've had to learn. It's not something I was trained in ever. So that's been, a, I'd say a challenge and especially marketing in a different way with virtual, because now it's like you're, we have a whole new demographic because we had all these people coming to the live event. And then when that switched and we tried to say, hey, we're going to do virtual now, would you like to come? We didn't get a great response rate. It was quite low because these people are like, I- I'm sorry, I want to go camping in my car with a ton of people. <laughs> like I'm not into like staying on my computer. So it's a different demographic. Yeah. So we had to kind of completely start all over with marketing and now gear it towards folks who would be willing to meet up. Uh, virtually. That's so interesting because I I feel like I just assumed that it was like a lot of the people had just transferred from that. But that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And yes, marketing is the worst. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> well, and it's also, it's, it's hard too, like when you, especially when you're throwing like queer events, like so many of us are, you're already trying to market to a niche community yeah which like makes marketing that much harder to begin with and especially like you know what we were saying with some of the hurdles that get put in place with like kind of censoring a lot of our own speech like the way that we talk to and about and find our community like those things are are hard to market so it does yeah it does it adds like its own extra set of challenges there definitely yeah well even if you look at like a Facebook like Facebook ads like I I wish you could literally do a Facebook ad that's like this Facebook ad is targeting like lesbians, bisexuals, pants, like, you know what I mean? Like, I wish you could like literally like do like identities, but obviously it's like, nobody's really like offering that information as advertising Mm -hmm. um, criteria. Well, it's probably because Facebook just doesn't have enough information on us, Ellie. I mean, you got to cut them some slack there, you know? All right. (laughs) Actually, you're right. I probably could literally find all the lesbians in the world on on Facebook. Yes. Like even when we're doing it, we're like, interested in Ellen DeGeneres and then I'm like no like I don't like Ellen straight people like Ellen DeGeneres I'm like interested <laughs> in like you know what I mean? like you're literally trying to like orange is the new black like, maybe that'll find all of the yeah. gay people like it's like it's like you're literally trying to like talk in coded language with an algorithm listens yeah. to girl in red are you yeah, out there like- <laughs> on Facebook come on <laughs> it's really hard to like pinpoint those like the people that you want to see your event. Mm-hmm. It just is hard to find them. Yeah. On a note with Facebook, what is interesting and what I do want to like, of course, there's a lot wrong with Facebook, but there, what I do want to commend them on is they have over 48 different identities. So I feel like that's a cool thing. Like they, they even include intersex. So I love that people at least can like write in what they are, you know, like I'm trans, yeah. I'm intersex, I'm whichever. And I think that's badass. Yeah. But I don't think you can like you can't, you can't search target that. The, yeah, no. yeah, which is also probably positive. Like, it's like outing people on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But it does make it just much more difficult to find. <laughs> yes. To find We're like, them. it's great, but also we hate it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. please somebody like show or like I'll say interested in pride, like gay pride. <laughs> mm-hmm. But even still, I'm like, there's a lot of people who are interested in gay pride. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard. But yes. So what what other challenges have you had besides marketing? You know, I, I would just say pivoting. I think I think for me, if I'm just going to talk personally, like I didn't expect it to go this way. And I don't think I'm different than a lot of other people that didn't expect their life to be like this right now. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of wonderful things and fortuitous things that have happened with myself, with the company, because I 
I was pretty much forced to. And if I don't adapt, it's just I, I lose the business and I lose the vision. So I say one of the most challenging thing was was really grieving and going through my own process of the event I spent two years creating with this beautiful team and this huge vision and all of these panels and all of these people is not going to happen with mm-hmm. 22 permits and all these, I don't know. So <laughs> oh, that, wow. yeah, that was, it was really, really intense. And even to just be approved by the County, I had maybe seven meetings, like board meetings with the whole County saying like, okay, we accept your event here because we are so openly women trans non-binary. We are so openly that. And the venue has to sign off saying we are willing to be known for that now it's so interesting working with a county to make that happen. And so when that didn't happen and all that work went into it, I'd say that was one of the most challenging things I've ever gone through. So pivoting is the answer. Mm. Which hopefully most people are past by now, you know, because it's uh, it's been a while. But even still, everyone has their own grieving process. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I just mean that I think most of the like big things that had already been planned and, and gone through that much work you know, hopefully we're past most of them at this point. It's... Mm-hmm. But still, yeah, we're going to be, we're just going to be continuously pivoting. Like it, it yes. is just like, we still don't really know. I guess another question is like, what do you think the future of mm-hmm. live events is going to look like? That's a big question. Yeah. But that's a great in question. In terms of pivoting. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm constantly on those calls and webinars learning about what the future of live events is as like that's part of my brand and uh, what I've recently learned is like it's there's a good chance we're going to end up with hybrid events um, in the near future virtual is probably going to stay for a while if if events do go live there's definitely a a capacity on them Um, and you need to as an event producer if I'm talking to any event producers or people that want to host any events like you now take on that extra responsibility of COVID and you pretty much need a whole either department or somebody running a safety COVID safety to make sure um, that your event is going to be be safe and beyond that communicating effectively with your audience on the on the precautions you are taking and the things you are doing to ensure their safety and the the expectations you have on their end because now it's a double-sided deal that you need to come prepared with your mask and you can't have a fever and we're going to do all these things and here's the consequences so it's a whole other ball game now dealing with a pandemic and an event so the future of live events looks either where there's a whole department for COVID or safety or a person or it stays virtual or it goes hybrid hybrid. And if, if that eventually goes away, then, um, you know, hopefully live events can come back in the near future, but still with those precautions, I would say is going to be happening. I wonder too, like, and this, I think will be positive even when live events come back. So like, for example, I love to go to music festivals. Mm -hmm. So like I was planning on going to Bonnaroo last year and I'm, also probably going to have to grieve maybe not going this year. But there's something I think sort of cool about if let's say, okay, two years from now, I get to go to Bonnaroo and it's relatively normal. But because all of this infrastructure has been put in for virtual, people everywhere could just tune in and like be there. I just think it's a really cool success for accessibility. Mm -hmm. And like, you're not going to lose people going to the live event because like I want to go see Miley Cyrus live, of course, <laughs> but like you should ter- can search also... that. <laughs> what? I know I'm like, I can probably, but, <laughs> but still like you could still see Miley virtually as well at Bonnaroo and like in real time rather than like watching the video after the fact. Yeah, totally. Well, and it's, it's something that we've talked about so much through all of this too, is that in terms of like, for queer people, you know, I mean, like, Ellie and I obviously understand, like, we live in the big metropolitan coastal cities, and, like, we have a lot of options for community and live events and going to queer bars and queer spaces and hanging out with queer people, but there's an awful lot of people in this country and in other countries that don't, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think that that's one of the things that I have just felt is like a really beautiful outcome of all of this is the change in some of those people's lives as a result of just having suddenly like 
queer spaces that they can go to mm-hmm. and get to, even if it's on your computer, that like you have so much of a increase in your access to community, to other queer people, to like joining some of these things and not feeling like you just, you know, are the one gay person in Utah or something, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's a very different ballgame right now, I think. And that part of it, I love. That's a really good point, Lee. I mean, that's how we started. We, I mean, because we've diversified so much, or my brand has, I now have, it's called Some of Us Connect. And it's a membership and we meet up weekly and to do exactly what you just said. And I'd say the majority of our members are from places where they are, do not have a lot of community and mm-hmm. it's been really healing for them and cathartic and I'm agreeing with you hundred percent and we would have never started some of us connect if it wasn't for having a virtual event having people say we still want to connect somehow make this happen for us and then and then putting on a membership for them what would you say are some of the other biggest like positive takeaways for you from you know eight months into this now from doing all of these events like what have been either some of your other like favorite events that you've seen or just some of the net gains or or things that you've that you've taken away from all this yeah that's another great question I I'd say that I really enjoyed some of these intellectual discussions that have been happening virtually um we've put on or we've helped produce in the back end these events that to me are really powerful that highlight maybe black, trans, queer, like these people that we really want to elevate and we really want to hear from. And I think it's given accessibility to more folks to be able to tune in and have discussion and have those hard conversations. And I've really enjoyed that. I think that that's been a huge positive for me is just doing my own education and beyond that, going to these events and spaces where I can really learn and have other people learn with me and like, so that we can all be better together. I've loved that. I love that too. Better (laughs) together. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to (laughs) go. I love it. I mean, we've had a lot of net positives from our events as well. So Mm -hmm. I think we, we understand that, that sense of community and that yeah. Yeah, totally. And it is really nice. Beyond that, it's so nice when you, see people forming connections at like, let's say if you have an event and you watch them form a connection and we have people that have become best friends or found love. And I, and like that to me is like so cool and so special. So it's like, we're recreating those spaces that, you know, we had. Okay. Now we don't want to cut anyone short before we jump to our Q and gay. So was there any other tips burning in your pockets that you wanted to share? Um, I just want to share that I'm happy to have a free 15-minute phone call with anybody who's interested to put on a session or an event or wants to brainstorm about it because really this has become my passion and I'd be happy to help out any community members that want to talk about it and, and kind of get the right mindset on like maybe what they're missing or what they need to know. I love that, especially, I mean, A, because it's a fantastic offer and B, because I like how you, your first tip is like, you can do this. And then your last tip is like, I will help you do this. And I just think that's beautiful. <laughs> yes. yes, you can do this and we won't leave you stranded. Yes. We will give you a life raft to do I it. I love it. Totally. We all need mentors, like even myself, you know, you think you, some people think they could do this on their own. But like right now, because I've gone through it, I'm actually mentoring quite a few people to help them go through some of these things that I've already gone through that so they don't have to struggle. And I myself have my own mentor. Like, so I think it's just this chain effect. You pull, you keep pulling people up, especially if they're community members. I love it. I love that. Mm -hmm. So where can, where, I know we keep just saying, I love that. We do. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) Okay. So we will post Madison's email on our socials. And just shoot her a message if you want to do that 15-minute phone call, which is incredible. All right. It's time for our Q&Gay. Are we ready? I'm so ready. Q, 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 and gay. All right. Let's do this. So here's our first question. Have you ever hosted your own virtual event? Yes or no? Is this to me? That's to you, Madison. Yeah, that's to you, Madison. Yes, I have. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how many how many of you have, have you hosted? yeah how, what's the count right now how many events yeah we're I think we're probably around 60 ish crazy mm-hmm. amazing question two have you attended an LGBTQ wellness retreat 
A, yes, B, no, or C, not yet. Only online. Is that an answer? D? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, online. And it would be some of us, which is my own. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Question number three. What virtual event would you most want to go to? A, a wellness workshop, B, drum circle, C, game night, or D, mix and mingle? Mm, I choose D, mix and mingle. I is, Yeah, I really like to connect with others and hear what they're going through and make new friends. <laughs> Yay! So wholesome. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Ellie's like game night, and I will beat everyone there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> true. Game nights are fun, though. <laughs> I need competition in my life. <laughs> Question four Are you an A, cameras on, or B, hide in obscurity type of virtual event attendee? Oh, that's such a good one. I am cameras on, I would say. Yeah. It rotates. You, can, but be, you can be a little bit of both. It's yeah, okay. I think so. It's like a spectrum, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. I can't, I like the performer in me. I just keep like looking. I just feel like I constantly am just looking at myself. Like if we're doing trivia, I just feel like I have to be on the whole time because we do, we're the host. So I'm just like performance mode. And then yeah. afterwards I'm like crawl into my bed because mm -hmm. I'm so tired. Yeah. <laughs> or I sing, I'm like, I, I sang for kids this morning on virtual, on Zoom. And, like, singing for the kids is, like, oh, my God, camera's on. Like, you can't you can't just, like, close your eyes for a minute when children are watching mm -hmm. you trying to stay entertained. <laughs> All right, question number five. What's your go-to virtual hangout platform? A, Zoom, B, Discord, C, FaceTime, or D, Google Meet? Oh, I feel like I'm go going out of the box with all of these. Can I choose Remo, the one that yes. I have? Yes, <laughs> you can. There's yeah. no wrong answers in Q and Gaze. <laughs> okay, great. Yes, or write in Remo. Remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q and Gay questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. And Madison, where can all of our listeners find you on social media? On social media, um, you can find me on Instagram at some of us fest, which is S U M O F U S F E S T. And then my own personal is just at Madison Ecker, which is M A D I S O N E K E R. Amazing. And we'll be tagging Madison and all of the things as well, but just in case. And are there any projects, events, things that you have coming up that you want to let people know about? Yes. So I just want to let you all know about our membership, which is called Some of Us Connect. And it has been absolutely unbelievable because especially during some trying times that we've all had this year, it's been a safe space to really be who you are and connect with like-minded folks. And we do have, well, just like we would ha have at the live festival, we have wellness sessions once a week and they're all different modalities. So this one coming up, well, we have many coming up, but like, for example, uh, ones where we've had in November is going to be dance for the LGBTQIA revolution, liberation. Um, we have sound bath meditation, and we have healing from imposter syndrome and celebrating your accomplishments. And then beyond- Oh my God, I need that. Yeah, you should come. <laughs> He's like, I'll be there. Help, yeah. help me. <laughs> yeah, you should come. And so it's cool because before those sessions, we do a mix and mingle. So you can meet the people there. You can talk. You can say like, hey, what do you think about this session? Whichever. And you have icebreakers. And then we go into the session, you learn. And then after that, everyone debriefs together. So it's a really- cool way to like meet friends on a deeper level which is like the goal I have here and people really love it and they've gotten a lot out of it so that is like something that I want to present and uh, we are always looking for new community members to join us because we want to keep growing and like meet you it's so cool to like meet once a week and like have this space and we'll also have that up on our all of our socials as well for people to join awesome Madison will also be doing an Instagram story takeover on our Instagram Next week, after the holidays, you can ask any questions that you want and hang out and connect. I'm sure she'll love to meet all of you. Madison, thank you so much. This has been an absolute delight. Yay, it's been so fun. Thanks for having me. I can't me. wait to see what events people are going to put together now. <laughs> yes, I hope there's like times 10. Like you all should be doing this now. Yes. yes. That's the goal. That's mm -hmm. the dream. Let me hear you say hip, 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 yeah. 
We love hearing from all of you and we love continuing to build this community. So we just like to shout out some of our favorite things every week that we've heard lately. And this week, we want to shout out one of our listeners, Hope, who sent us an email about being a late bloomer. And we love hearing from late bloomers because it just makes us happy when we can help people to live their most authentic lives, no matter how long it takes you to get there. It just brings us joy. So Hope, we're so glad you're enjoying the podcast. And it just really made us happy to get your email. It really does. Also, speaking of bringing us joy, I don't know if you listened to our episode with Devin Hale of Teenage (laughs) Bounty Hunters, but I just want to give a personal shout out to the entire Teenage Bounty Hunter fandom, because you are incredible. I really think the power of this fandom can resurrect the dead, and we're going to figure something out. We have to. We have we have power, and it just, fandoms always make us happy. It also makes us so happy. Um, I, I messaged Devin that week to tell her that it just makes us happy when we see fans come out because they really, really support actors who are also just wonderful. So good on you. Y'all picked a good person to stand. She's great. And you're all you great. Truly so did. if any of you have stuck around, welcome. We're so glad you're here. <laughs> We're so happy that you're here. And as always, we let and as always, we want to give a shout out to our lesbian Jesus patrons, Mark Foster, Jess Klaus, Tanya Ferguson, Danny Griswold, Jacqueline Rosenshino, Sarah and Julia, Carrie Ann Lawrence, Danny Gunlock Tamora, Brittany Ray, Alana Rosen, and Tara Gleason. And our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Henley, Liz Chen, and Wendy K. Bartlett. We love you all. Thank you so much for your undying support and for hanging out with us and keeping us company during this time. <laughs> we, need we love it. hearing from all of you. We need you. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. You can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, make sure that you subscribe. That way you'll get new episodes as soon as they go up. We're also posting videos on our YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod to catch them. If you want to help support the podcast, there are so many ways that you can do that. The first one, it is free. It's easy. Go on the Apple Podcasts app, leave us a rating and a review. It helps new people find the podcast. And if you want to support us financially, you can hang out with us on Patreon at bit.ly slash lespatreon. We have our private Patreon Discord chat, all those peas <laughs> where we hang out with all of you. We have... You get all my hot uh, grandpa energy selfies, you know. Oh, yeah. It's the best. We have Jackbox parties. We have song downloads. All the good stuff. So if you want to join us, you can do that at bit.ly slash lespatreon. If you want to get some merch, the holidays are coming up. Maybe somebody needs a special Les Hangout design mug or tote or t-shirt. Whatever you want to get them, you can find all of our designs on all sorts of cool items at bit.ly slash lesshop. And if you want to support our musical project, this is the last week to do it on our crowdfunding campaign at bit.ly slash the flame the musical. We are so excited to get the musical recorded and into your ears in June. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. And if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Ellie Brigida. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out.